Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So, jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. My friends, welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Entrepreneur. Daniel DiPiazza checking in with you here. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get right to it today. On Fridays, we're checking in with you uh, to cover a weekly recap of the things that are happening in the world and things that are happening in the markets. And this is a, an interesting uh, day or week to start this trend or this uh, this schedule for our podcast because I, I feel it's a significant worldwide week with the invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia. So today's uh, market update is going to cover primarily that. However, there are other things going on in the world, and obviously we can't focus solely on uh, the things that are happening with you know with places so far out of our control. However, I do think it's important to pay attention to those things. So let's let's look at that first. So first of all, why is Russia invading Ukraine and, and what exactly does Putin want? Well, there is, there is um, essentially a, a number of issues going on. The first is the surface level issue of uh, Vladimir Putin claiming that there are fascist or Nazi uh, extremist groups inside of Ukraine and using that as a front, uh, as a reason for uh, Essentially, trying to annex more territory, and in in Ukraine there are, um, which which is a country that's in NATO. There's a the former Soviet Union. Um, we know that for a while Russia has been trying to essentially take back control of that territory. Now, I don't, I'm not familiar with uh, all the politics of that region, but I can see that it's uh, you know a vital port by the Black Sea. Uh, I can see that it's connected to Belarus. Uh, I know it's valuable territory, so I can see why they would want it. And I know that up until recently, maybe 2014 or 15, they had a president that was a Russian sympathizer or someone who was close to Russia. And that uh, there's a new president, uh, Zelensky, I believe his name is, in uh, in. Ukraine now, who is Jewish, who is not a Russian sympathizer, which is funny that they'd be saying that there are fascists and Nazis inside of uh, inside of inside of Ukraine when the president himself is Jewish. But either way, there there's uh, Russia wants that territory. They want that territory, so they're going to do whatever they can to try and get it. And so there are Russian sympathetic groups inside of Ukraine as well. And there are some territories that uh, near the border of Russia, um, I believe they're in the areas called, I'm, not, I'm just pronouncing these, but Donsk and Luhansk, uh, these territories right by Russia, which are inside of Ukraine, but on the Ukrainian-Russian border that are sympathetic to uh, Russia. And they're also helping to create this, you know, this essentially political chaos that's happening inside of uh, inside of Ukraine now, as Russia has officially invaded. Just looking at kind of like the, the overview of this, you know, Russia has launched a full scale assault on the Ukraine, and its military has attacked the country from the north, the east, and the south. So they're just moving in full force. Uh, so far, over 100 people have died. Uh, Ukrainian citizens, well, soldiers, and civilians. As of Thursday. Over 100,000 people have tried to flee, uh, or uh, over 100,000 people have left 
Kiev so far, which is the capital, and more trying to flee. Uh, there have been explosions all over the country. Um, the Russians seize control of Chernobyl, which is the site of uh, the world's most uh, deadliest nuclear uh, meltdown. And of course, now Putin is saying that he's basically just defending, you know, Russia, and that there was no other way to defend them, defend Russia from the fascists. And um, and of course, now now Biden and the rest of NATO is getting very upset about this. The the U.S. response is that basically, you know, it's going to cost Russia dearly. Now, what is what is what does that mean for Russia? And in terms of the U.S. response, what are, what's the U.S. going to do? Well. Uh, that that's I mean to be to to be seen. I don't know. We know that there are sanctions that can be put on Russia. One of those things could be, for instance, cutting off Russia from the global banking system, which is called SWIFT, and this would basically just have severe repercussions on the Russian economy. But it would also have severe repercussions on uh, places that you know and other businesses outside of Russia that are owed money by Russia. You know, either now or in the future. So that could be a big problem. Uh, so it doesn't come without repercussions. And Russia and China themselves, you know, have created their own payment systems that can withstand or that can be backup payment systems if they get suspended from the worldwide payment systems. Uh, so they wouldn't be without the ability to use, you know, money around the world globally, but it would be a very big inconvenience for them. The other thing too, is that we have to look at how willing is any country to get into a hot war? My personal opinion is that no country is willing to get into a hot war just because there are better ways of wreaking havoc on each other now from digital, as we've seen, to potentially viral. There are just so many, so many more efficient ways of creating discord in a country. I mean, even we've seen just through the use of social media, you can tear the fabric of a culture apart. So I wouldn't be surprised if what we're seeing now in the ground of Ukraine, and, and I was thinking about this in the car today. I was thinking, you know, why would, why, why am I not afraid that America is going to get necessarily bombed or in some sort of hot World War III? Well, I think it's different living in the States than living in Ukraine simply because we're so big. And although we aren't the only country with nuclear weapons, if someone bombed America, it would fuck everything up. Lots of lots of countries would go up in smoke. It would be bad for the whole world. It would probably ruin the world. Just because we have so much firepower and we're not afraid to use it. In fact, we're one of the only countries who have really used our maximum capabilities. And I'm not saying that proud or as it being a good thing, but I just know that I think that China or Russia would be very hesitant to push that button with us. That being said, there are other, like I was saying, more efficient ways, which is why I think it's more likely that if we interfere with Ukraine or if it if if Russia feels that we are are acting in strong support of Ukraine or if we respond by using this type of military force, I think that will most likely drive Russia and China closer together and that will make you know make it harder for us to, to align our interests with with theirs as it already is hard and for the most part we need both of them i mean you know it, it really it's kind of interesting that we can be in such an, such odds with these two countries when we need both of them i mean europe for instance needs russia's natural gas and their oil production and their their resources it's such a huge region they need russia you know and russia similarly needs uh europe russia is a huge uh producer but they don't have a lot of the imports they need and 
you know, there are tons of benefits to being in good favors with, you know, in good, in good standing with Germany and other affluent nations. So they need that support. And same thing with China. You know, China, it's, it's an interesting relationship that Europe and the U.S. have with China because as different as we are, as diametrically opposed as we are, one thing which we clearly both value is money. And China has kind of created this hybrid, uh, co communist, capitalist hybrid like this this frankenstein monster where it's centrally controlled and yet there is some capitalist market intent there and in, in terms of the growth of some of these companies the private ones are essentially controlled by the government but they're still private in terms of there's entrepreneurship in china so it's interesting but we need china obviously they make the majority of the products that our country consumes and we're the biggest consumers in the world uh probably per capita there are more people in china and india but we're probably the biggest per consumers per capita we buy the most stuff we spend the most money you know for of any country so we're consuming all their stuff they need us but also we need them because we're essentially borrowing money from them to keep ourselves alive you know we've borrowed so much from the chinese and they continue to sell to us and so we have all these different relationships that are dependent on each other and yet we're diametrically opposed ideologically with a russia or a china and uh, it's just interesting how we can all come together when money is concerned, but we don't want each other to make too much money, too much more money than the other. Otherwise, we get jealous, you know, or we just feel um, we feel constantly threatened by one another. And this has been going on for years now. So it's interesting to see how it's evolving. Now, if you look at the, the stock market in response to this, and if you look at the crypto markets in response to this, I don't have the exact stats up in front of me now, but I have seen just through looking at the, um, the different, the different trackers that everything is tumbling, everything is going down and there's been a, a reduction. You know, the crypto market was already taking a hard turn and this is not, uh, any any better news for it and as the stock market falls so does the crypto market i made a post recently on instagram where i commented that one of the things that the crypto community got wrong is that bitcoin is a hedge against inflation and that we're seeing now that bitcoin is pretty much tied to the market and i do believe that's true i think that people are suggesting in the comments bitcoin at some point will be decoupled from the from the traditional markets and that may be true uh, however even if it's not i think that it the benefit partially is inflation. That's partially the the benefit of it. And if it's tied to the market, if there's still a finite amount of it, there there will still be a hedge against inflation and against um, volatility if there's a limited amount because there's not a limited amount of dollars. So just the nature of Bitcoin will still make it scarce and a solid asset class. As far as it totally decoupling from the market, I don't think that's possible because people are always going to, at some point, or at least for quite a while, be exchanging Bitcoin or using Bitcoin as a go-between for fiat. Because fiat's not going in a way. It's kind of like if you look at gas and you look at uh, electric cars. Well, electric cars are taking more and more uh, precedent in different communities across the, the US and across the world. Electric cars are getting bigger and bigger, but we're still gonna have gas cars for quite a long time. You know, and especially in other countries that just aren't as, they're not just, uh, they're just not as progressive. They're just not at the same speed as a country that has a ton of money. We're gonna see gas cars for a long time. And it's the same thing with fiat. I think the fiat transition uh, or from fiat to digital will happen and it will happen in our lifetime of anyone listening to this podcast, but it doesn't mean it won't be a few decades before we really, we really start to, I mean, look, cash is still going cash is an old form of money so 
analog things tend to die hard. Even if you look at, for instance, uh, Nassim Taleb, who wrote Anti-Fragile, he talks about how, you know, the things that have been around the longest are the things that tend to stay around the longest. And he says that that's why he only drinks water and wine and other things that humans have been drinking for years, because he knows that the body can handle and digest those things. And that's why he says that paper books will always be around, even as digital books come in and out in various forms. And I think there is a, a very much a truth to that. You know, the the forms of media that we have been used to the longest, the forms of trade and currency we've been used to the longest. Look, even though we don't operate off the barter system anymore as a, as a form of um, primary currency, bartering is still a thing. eBay still exists. You know, we still recognize the value of trading things. We still recognize the value of trading uh, fiat currency that represents some, really nothing anymore. Fiat currency doesn't represent gold. We're still used to trading gold. So all these things, I think the digital currency will continue to be part of the narrative. And I think that it won't, it won't be the killer of physical currency or fiat currency. I think they'll exist side by side until such a point that the governments decide that it's totally not useful, which Governments are already now looking into developing what are called CBDCs, central central bank digital currencies. Essentially, they're just they're just blockchain currencies controlled by the government. You know, imagine the IRS, which is in the U.S. the tax governing bureau. Imagine the IRS being in control of every single dollar and knowing where every dollar is and being able to track its every movement. Uh, rather than having to ask you how much you made, they know it's the penny. That's the CBDC and also other things too, like potentially being able to control what you can and can't buy depending on how you're using that money. In fact, if you want to look into this, Edward Snowden made a great article on this, which I will reference in the show notes. But I would recommend you look into a few things. So first of all, look into what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. Not because if you're an American listener, like many of the listeners are on the show, although I have uh, done a recent poll I put on Instagram or a recent survey, and we have many listeners from all over the world, 92 countries now, including Russia and Ukraine, and including many countries in Europe that are currently being affected by what's going on here. Do your own research on what's happening. Why does it matter for you? Well, one, because it's, it's affecting the markets. And if you care about money, that's at least something to pay attention to. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a predictable um, you know, indicator of anything. But this is also how we've seen serious wars develop. You know, World War II essentially started by Germany looking to annex uh, I believe it was Poland and Belgium, and looking to basically take territory for whatever reason, you know, for whatever reason, when you infringe on another sovereign nation's territory and look to take it for yourself, it's like if America walked into Mexico and just said, oh, this is ours now, we don't like what you guys are doing, we're going to save this country and save the Americans that are close to this country, we're going to just take a piece of Mexico. That would be essentially what's happening. Not cool. And it would be expected that Mexico would fight back. You know, same thing with Canada. Um, although I think Canada might take it. No offense to you guys. I think you just might be like, all right, you know, take take a little, you know, why? <laughs> have have a piece, you know. We have more than we can handle. <laughs> Canada can afford to lose a few a few parcels of land. But I think you understand. And, and I want you to be aware of this because I think that 
our generation has become desensitized to the news and desensitized to uh, events. And although I talk about a lot of stuff that goes far, far out into the spirit realm, and even on Sunday, I'm going to do a self-care Sunday for you, and we'll do a meditation together. And honestly, focusing on yourself and what you can control is the most important. But it is highly relevant to know what's happening in your world, to understand from a from a social perspective, from an economic perspective, from a personal perspective, uh, where we all fit into this great puzzle. So go and do your own research. Uh, I'd recommend you read or you audible this week. Nassim Nicholas Taleb's Anti-Fragile, as well as his other books. He has one called Black Swan and a few others. So check out his books on Audible. Uh, I'd recommend that you read the Edward Snowden piece on CBDCs that I'm going to link in the show notes. And um, yeah, I'll check in with you next Friday. We'll do another market recap. We'll do another um, weekly breakdown and roll up. But I wanted to focus today just on this issue. What do you think about what's happening in Russia and Ukraine right now? What do you think will come of these events? How do you think the U.S. will eventually uh, respond? And what do you think will be the outcome of that? Looking forward to hearing your comments. Leave a comment here wherever you're wherever you're listening to this, uh, especially on the blog. If you're listening to the streaming on the New Wave Entrepreneur website, much love. Uh, if you haven't checked out newwaveentrepreneur.com, go there right now. Newwaveentrepreneur.com has all the updates on everything that we're doing for the for the programming. Uh, we're going to be moving to six or seven days, hopefully seven days a week of programming, as well as the YouTube ramping back up, getting the writing going. So. Plug in with us, go to newwaveentrepreneur.com and subscribe and get updates to when we're dropping new stuff. And I'll catch you on the flip side. The water is warm. The tide is rising. Oh, before I log out, please make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. uh, And make sure that you leave a comment for me and you give the podcast a review that will help me so much as we start to grow this audience. All right. Now, I'll say it again. The water is warm. The tide is rising. Uh, So let's get ready to jump in and surf this new wave. Daniel out.